Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and Whole and Complete is the podcast all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. And I must start with an explanation of sorts. I know that many of you were expecting an episode last week that you were ready for the Ready for Love series, and my grandmother passed away. And she and I were very close, and it was very hard. And living a whole and complete life is understanding and unpacking and valuing your emotions and your feelings. And so I allowed myself to grieve. And even though the episode was ready and queued up, I know that I would not have been able to do it justice with respect to promoting it and all of those good things so that more of you could hear it. And so I took the time to be with my family and prepare for a funeral and all of those things. And so that is why there was not an episode last week. But I thank you for allowing me a measure of grace in getting through that. And, you know, it's a process. It is a process. But my grandmother lived to be over 95 years old. And I'm very grateful for the time that we had with one another and all of the things that she taught me and all of the things that she was to me. And so that is why I was not on the air last week. But thank you so much for sticking with me. So here we are in February, a time where people are thinking about love and black history, but this series, we're talking about love. And I want you to do some things for me at the end of this episode. Number one, I want to make sure that you share it. I want to make sure that you share it with at least three people. This is a great series and I don't want you to keep all the good googly goodness to yourself. So make sure that you share it with somebody. Number two, if you are an Apple podcast user, so you have an iPhone and this is how you consume this podcast, please take the time to make sure that you rate and review this podcast because that algorithm helps other people find this podcast and this show. And so if you've gotten value from it, then it will absolutely help to spur that along. And if you have any comments, takeaways, things that just hit you right in the heart or soul, make sure that you hit me up at Dr. Shante says at the end of this episode. So here we go. Ready for love part one. Our guiding scripture for this series is 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through eight. And it reads as follows, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it is not boastful, nor is it arrogant, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not irritable, and it does not keep a record of wrongdoing. In other words, love does not keep receipts. Instead, love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, Love never ends, and some versions say love never fails. If you have ever attended a wedding, especially a black wedding in a black church, you have heard this scripture read so many times you could almost recite it by heart. But we are not talking about marriage today, we are talking about being ready for love. And so today we are covering love defined on the same page. And I will end this episode with some truth bombs about love. So as we are wont to do at the beginning of every new series, let's define terms, shall we? So in the Bible, the word love has a Greek interpretation and that application of the Greek meaning of love has four different applications. And unfortunately, when this is translated into English, it loses a lot of its impact. So the four applications of love from the Greek are agape love. You might've heard of this. This is that unconditional love, that love of God in the renewed mind, 
of the believer. And then there is filial love. And this is the love between friends. So your girl, your BFF, your bestie boo, go best friend. That's my best friend. That is that filial type of love. And then there is eros, eros, E-R-O-S. And that is the sense of being in love. That is that romantic love. That's that Bridgerton type of love. Oh, don't get me started on Bridgerton, um, which is not safe for children. And, you know, it's not exactly a Christian show, but that Duke, hallelujah. Anyway, and then there is Storge. There is Storge love, which is the love of family. That is the love between a parent and the child or siblings, cousins. So in a very close family, that can be agape love as well because some families roll like that. But Storge love is that family type of love. And these distinctions are important because it is hard to know whether or not you are ready for love when you don't really understand what love is. And so... English, the way that we translate things from the Bible, a lot of things get lost from the Hebrew. A lot of things get lost from the Greek language. And love is one of those things that kind of gets boiled down just into one word. However, in other languages and in other cultures, that one word has a number of different applications. And here's the thing. You might think that you are ready for agape love when you're really only interested in Eros love, okay? You might struggle to receive filial love. So you might struggle to receive love and friendships because the storge love in your family of origin was weak. So sometimes people struggle to have friends or to keep friends or to make friends because the relationships in their families, their families. I've seen so many social media posts that say things like my family was trash or my family is trash or I know my family ain't ish or my family makes me sick. And so when you have that kind of relationship with your family, it can be difficult to establish relationships and friendships because when you don't develop those bonds of trust in your family of origin, you can struggle to develop those bonds of trust that are necessary to foster love in a friendship. And once you understand that love is not a one size fit all term, it will better help you navigate your expectations and your relationships and your boundaries. And before we go further, there is yet and still another definition that I would like to offer to kind of set the tone for the bulk of this series. And this is biblical love. So I have recently come into possession and ownership of the Tony Evans Christian Standard Bible. So Tony Evans is a renowned Bible scholar. He is a renowned minister and preacher out of Texas. Tony Evans is the bomb. If you don't know who Tony Evans is, look him up and treat yourself. That that man is just a fount of knowledge. And he has a study Bible of sorts. And his definition of love from the Bible goes like this. This is how he describes biblical love out of the Christian Standard Bible. Biblical love. Hear this. This is key is the decision, not merely a feeling, to compassionately, out of concern for someone else, and righteously and sacrificially seek the well-being of another person. I'm going to repeat that. Biblical love is the decision, not merely a feeling, to compassionately, out of concern for someone else, righteously and sacrificially seek the well-being of another person. So here's some key things to point out about this definition. Love is a decision. There is power in being decisive. 
When a person is decisive, that means that the matter is settled. There is no wavering. There is no deliberation. Decisiveness means that a decision has been made conclusively and with fixed determination. So when someone loves you biblically, they have concluded, that is, they have decided, they have chosen to seek what is in your best interest, even if it means giving sacrificially. And there is a great biblical example about what it means to give and love sacrificially. Obviously, Jesus on the cross, that's the low hanging fruit and the one that comes to mind. But I'm gonna take you back to the Old Testament because you know, I love me some Old Testament. And we're gonna go to First Kings. So First Kings chapter three, 16 through 27. This is the story of Solomon and the split baby. You'll understand at the end of this scripture reading, it says, now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, pardon me, my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house and I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house, but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she laid on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side where I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it was not the son that I had given birth to. The other woman said, no, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. Verse 23, the king said, this one says my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, please, my Lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither I nor you shall have him cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. So when we're talking about giving sacrificially okay and and meeting the need of other people Solomon was able to make his determination because the true mother out of love for her child was willing to give sacrificially because it was in the best interest of the baby even if it meant that she would not be the one to raise him and upon hearing this definition that Love is a decision to compassionately and sacrificially and righteously seek the well-being of another person. Upon hearing that, many of us will be like, yes, okay, biblical love, sign me up for that. That sounds good. And yet, here's the rub. So very often when people try to love us this way, it goes sideways and other ways because we are not ready to receive this kind of love. Believe it or not, love can be triggering and set off all kinds of sabotage, self-sabotage, and perpetuate cycles of loneliness and unhappiness. And the question is, how? How can being loved in this way or people trying to love us this way set off all of these landmines? How can being loved in this way create such chaos? Which brings us to on the same page. 
So you all are very familiar with that Ellie Mae, Jackie Wilson type of love. Okay, so Ellie Mae sings that song, bada bada, boot up. Okay, so that boot up type of love. So when people think of love or relationships, many times they are thinking about that Jackie Wilson, someone to kiss, someone to miss, you know, someone to care, someone to share, lonely hours and moments of despair. So if you think about Eddie Murphy and coming to America, singing to be loved that is that's a Jackie Wilson song is that that swinging from the light pole singing in the rain my heart is filled with butterflies type of love they think about what Ella Mace calls being booed up companionship relationship goals hashtag vacations and of course bounce okay we think about all of that and while this kind of love can bring about happy feelings like Maze and Frankie Beverly and release all of the dopamine and the serotonin and the oxytocins which are all of the feel-good hormones this kind of love does have its limits this is not the kind of love that hands you the poopery when you have eating something that did not agree with you and you have blown up the bathroom. That is not that kind of love. This is not the kind of love that understands when you have to work long hours and you cannot go on that date or that trip or that vacation. This is not the kind of love that shows up in your darkest hours during your bouts of anxiety or depression or grief. Jackie Wilson, that Jackie Wilson love is good for Facebook highlights and Instagram posts, but it is rooted in feelings and emotions and the chemical highs of romance. Biblical love, on the other hand, the kind of love that chooses you during unemployment, the kind of love that chooses you during sickness and infidelity and fiscal irresponsibility when you have blown money on something that you didn't have no business blowing money on. That's a different kind of love altogether. Biblical love chooses you when your insecurities are flaring up and decides to work through them rather than run from them. Biblical love chooses you when you have unresolved issues from childhood, trust issues, daddy issues, mama drama, and that kind of love helps to raise kids that are not biologically yours or theirs. Okay, when you love somebody like that or they love you like that, they will raise kids that don't belong to them. And conflict can arise when people think they're getting that biblical Jesus kind of love only to find out that their partner or significant other is only willing or able to offer that Jackie Wilson kind of love. Conflict can arise when you think you're ready for biblical love and you're not ready for love at all. Okay, love is a decision. It is not a transaction. I'm going to repeat that. Love is a decision. It is not a transaction. Just like that song that choir sing during Easter and Resurrection Sunday, he decided to die. See, next week, we are going to be discussing the things that hinder our readiness for love. But I do want to just briefly mention here that sometimes people are uncomfortable being loved because they feel like it obligates them. They don't want to feel indebted or like they owe somebody. So they will rebuff, that is reject rebuke loving gestures or they will try to one-up somebody who did something nice for them so that they can even the score and balance the scales it just doesn't feel right to be loved upon and hear me love can be and a lot of times should be reciprocal but it is not a competition john chapter 14 verse 15 says if you love me 
keep my commandments. That is reciprocity. Jesus is saying, if you love me, you will reciprocate or demonstrate that love by being obedient. Jesus is not saying, so you remember that time I had died for you? Or, you know, I did make the ultimate sacrifice, so (laughs) you owe me. Do you know why he does not say that? Because Jesus understands that love has to be a choice. Otherwise, he would force all of us into love and servitude. The Bible says, and this is what Paul is writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Of course, I'll put these scriptures in the show notes. It's saying each one, each person must give as he or she has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, that is by force, for God loves a cheerful giver. And while this is a scripture that refers to giving and stewardship, The sentiment is that what we give in terms of love should never be done under duress or one-upsmanship or dutiful obligation, but that word decide appears again. I'm going to read it. Each one must give as he has decided. Okay, so that word decide appears again to remind us that love is a choice to give. So to recap this definition, biblical love is the decision, not merely a feeling, to compassionately, out of concern for someone else, righteously and sacrificially, seek the well-being of another person. Which brings us to some truth bombs, okay? So these are just some things I want to clarify. I want to get out there in the atmosphere so that there is no confusion. And I posted these on social media and I want to give them some further explanation here. So the first truth bomb that I want to end on this series is love is not sex. Okay, it's just not. Sex does not equal love and it does not guarantee love. Love is love and sex is sex. And just because people make room for you in their bed does not mean that they have made room for you in their hearts. And so do not conflate those two. That is, do not associate those two and make them one in the same. Don't conflate those two and wind up disappointed because during the addiction series. So if you did not hear the addiction series, you need to go back to that and listen, because we talked about the fact that when sex occurs, the brain releases these potent chemical cocktails, okay, of dopamine and oxytocin and all of that and those hormones promote emotional bonding and as powerful as that is and as powerful as that can feel that is not love another truth bomb is love is action but it is not a performance you do not have to routinely perform grand gestures okay you don't have to keep pulling up with the horse-drawn carriage and every week doesn't have to be a hundred long stem roses okay because if you are that's about you proving your worth that's not about love okay that's about trying to get somebody to validate and endorse you if you if you do that every now and then that's one thing but the fact if you feel like you feel compelled and you have to do that and jump through all those hoops that's not about love that's about worth and validation and you know when I was younger you know to be dating myself you know but baby face yeah I said baby face he laid out all these things that he would do as soon as he got home from work he was like I'll pay your rent I'll buy your clothes I'll cook your dinner soon as I get home from work and don't get me wrong all of these grand gestures are great you know for me he could have stopped that I'll pay your rent you know because my love language is acts of service but I digress the point is (laughs) the point is you do not have to routinely perform for love you are not a dog or a pony okay you're not doing tricks for treats this is not 
love and that's not how love works. You cannot buy love with money or gestures or gourmet meals. Love is not a purchase. Love is a decision. The truth is you can do all of those things. You can do the dog and pony show, the tricks, the horse drawn carriage, the roses and the whole nine yards. And the person that you're doing it for can choose to love somebody else entirely. Okay. Love is a mutual decision. And yes, at times it does require that we demonstrate in our actions that we are seeking the highest good of another individual, but it's not a circus act because we not clowns. You dig? And last but not least, this is important because it sets us up for next week. Please stop confusing worthiness with readiness. Just because you are worthy of love does not mean you are ready for love. Love requires maturity and responsibility and sacrifice and reciprocity and accountability. And the question is, are you ready to give that as good as you want to get it? Okay, because we love to think about like, yes, please shower me with those things. But then when it's your turn, it's like, oh, well, see uh, what had happened was. So if someone is not ready to commit to you, that is okay. Okay. If they're not ready to commit to you and you immediately start internalizing this as, you know, oh, what's wrong with me and I must not be good enough. Then that is a red flag that you are not emotionally ready for love. I'm not going to hit you with the scriptures about being fearfully and wonderfully made or these platitudes about how you are enough. But what I am going to say is that someone else's decision to love you or not, to choose you or not, to commit to you or not, is completely independent of your worth and your value. Jesus established that criteria centuries ago with his death on the cross. So that's not at issue. The worth conversation is not a conversation worth having. What is at issue is whether you are ready to give as you want good as you want to get, whether that person has the tools or the competencies or has done enough self-work to love you biblically, whether or not you have done enough inner work and self-work, whether or not you are in a healthy, loving relationship without sabotaging its success. Because if you haven't worked on your own issues, you're going to bring your tired, broken, shackled foolishness into something that could have potentially been great because you haven't done your own work. So readiness and worthiness are not the same thing. Your credit score might make you worthy of buying a house, but it does not mean that you are ready to be a homeowner. You dig? So that's where I'm going to leave that for this episode. Okay. So Next week, we are going to be talking about readiness obstacles, right? So what gets in the way? What hangs us up, okay? What gets in the way of being ready for love? We're going to talk about loving ourselves because that's so important. And we're going to talk about readiness criteria. So I, we can lay out what makes you not ready, but we can also talk about when you know that you are ready for love. And then after that, I will bring a counselor, one of our psychologists back into this conversation so that we can get this issue from a mental mental health uh, practitioner's perspective. So if you have any comments, questions, takeaways, holla at your girl at Dr. Shante says, and I will see you on our next episode.